First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. Apparently, God was looking down and saying the Reverend Mike Ballman needed to suffer over the weekend <laughs> because the temperatures were not like that this past weekend. No. They were cold. It was cold. Yeah. Uh, in studio right now is Reverend Mike Ballman, the pastor of the Cornerstone Church. Um, and uh, you guys, the Morrow Center at Cornerstone, uh, trying to call attention to the crisis of homelessness and the needs of homeless people by living out in a uh, in a in a cage um, in the cold in the elements. Yes, you had a lot of rain. You had a lot of cold. It was yeah. It uh, it was cold, but you know we were trying to bring attention to not only the homeless crisis that has been um, you know besetting America for a long time, but in context of the uh, pandemic, because yeah. of um, home um, homeless people um, are often people who have mental illness. And mm-hmm. drug addiction, and think about how uh, pressure packed uh, the pandemic has been for people, and yeah, how, how yeah. much uh, mental illness has uh, really spiked. I mean, even myself over the last year, you know, it's been really difficult. Yeah, it's been hard. Hard to sleep. People. You know, depression. Yeah. And yeah. so um, we're in a in the midst of a humanitarian crisis, and I wanted to bring bring a little bit of awareness to that, so that you know people um, are getting already getting kicked out and um, or getting tired of fighting with their landlords for over a year and a half now. And so we're seeing all kinds of non-traditional homeless people coming to our shelter who have never been homeless before, uh, families, uh, couples, and uh, it's really scary. And I think we're just beginning to see the break in the dam of of the eviction moratorium crisis. And so we've been pretty much overwhelmed at the center. We wanted to bring attention to that, that people who are experiencing homeless aren't just uh, the stigmas that we see, bad character, but um, mental health causes it, you know, mental illness. Yeah, and yeah. and we, we wanted to really address that. Um, you know, we were just talking about this uh, with the eviction thing, mm-hmm. yep. and um, it's hard to understand. There are so many services out there yes, and programs for people to take advantage of, yet they don't. And that's where um, there are a couple different areas, right? There's Correct. mental illness. Yep. There's substance abuse. Yes. But is there also a, an issue of, of pride that gets in the way? Well, I would say when you, when you, um, you know, compound mental illness, like you're thinking about the programs, when you are struggling with schizophrenia or bipolar or extreme depression, getting up is hard. Imagine like trying to maneuver through the bureaucracy that is. And I understand that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm I'm saying, though, is are there, I see two categories of people who are homeless. There are those who have some sort of a mental illness. Yes. And those who have a substance abuse. But is there a third category of people um, what, that you're saying that just can't they've they've run out of money they've yeah. been evicted and yes and that's who are the thing those too. who what is that category who are those people um, those are people that I would say probably were living on the margins and so as you were talking about before I was listening um, imagine that you're on a fixed income and you only have like maybe ten twenty dollars left after your fixed income your SSI or whatever yeah. and then you get this opportunity um, whether it's wise or not or whether you know to take this advantage of having a little extra money and not paying mm-hmm. your rent yeah. and again it's it's not a, a decision yeah. that yeah. you would you'd want people to make, but that's, I think a lot of people are ending up in that. And as you were talking, you do it for one month, you do it for right. two months, and then it's just unbelievable how much more yeah. you're, you're underwater. Like I was able to buy a TV and yeah. I was able to do this, able to do that. Yeah. And I think what it has happened is it's mounted up on people. Yeah. And maybe these are people that aren't necessarily the most responsible 
And how do we handle those people? Like I can think of somebody in my head right now that totally took advantage and is now in trouble. And and I know that this is not a person that this person would fall into the category of some bit of mental illness. Yes. And they're also not those are some of the people that could be end up uh, and they facing are. eviction. And that's the people we're seeing. And so, yeah. you know, if, as I said before, if you're struggling already and you're living yeah. on the margin and then you have all this pressure and then you have an opportunity to maybe, uh, you know, buy something for your kids that you've never been able to do yeah. or, yeah. you know, it's a temptation that was an unintended consequence, I think. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are stuck there. I mean, think about it like if you were one month behind on your mortgage, but now you're like 18 months behind, um, you yeah. know, n- no one can can overcome that. Yeah, yeah. Or your rent. And I do see that that happen with people with their vehicles, too. Yes. I think uh, yeah, they're upside down that. now in, yeah. in vehicles where they didn't necessarily have to be. They probably could have paid, but they took advantage of, of the system. And now they're stuck. And now they're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where we want to be compassionate and say, you know, and we're a church. So what we're saying is we see this humanitarian yeah. crisis happening, yeah. and we see people sleeping uh, on our steps, people um, uh, not going any, you know, having no place to go. And actually, we um, shelter a lot of people from the Olson. And when we mm-hmm. got a little bit of publicity for that, um, we saw a surge in our census that had nothing to do with the Obelson, but people who had not normally been homeless that didn't yeah, know yeah. where the shelters were, mm-hmm. um, they they started showing up and in unbelievable numbers. And I was there late last night, um, and I was just looking around the room, and I was seeing couples, elderly, um, people who aren't used to being homeless, yeah. you know, uh, sleeping in our shelter. With mm-hmm. regard to the Obelson residents that, yeah. that you're taking care of or that are under your watch, is that through the county, or is that they were not able to, or, or even the city we're not able to get assistance from those municipalities and have no other option well we've been self-funding since um since april just uh, you know on the church budget scene because we want to we're seeing a crisis and we want to deal with it now the county um was funding us through code blue um which is uh, a requirement for them um right but, the, the the rule is once it gets down gets down yeah. to a certain temperature yeah people can't uh the, the government has to come yes. in Yes. And find a place for these people to go. Right. Um, so we saved the county a lot of money by not because the county would have had to hotel them over the winter. But um, there wasn't cold blue funding, so the county was trying to figure out how to how to um, uh, you know provide funding for us. But in that time, while they were trying to figure that out, we wanted we had such a surge of people because this was not, this isn't just a normal year. Yeah. This is a yeah. pandemic, and so. Um, we uh, so the people that are that are with us from the Olson are the people that were the hardest to place. Either like one person has like eight pets um, and is having a hard time getting placed, and another person who, is handicapped. Who was in the Olson? Um, um, is, is were there people that were? Is it mentally ill? Is it uh, people who have substance problems? Is it is it very similar to the homeless problem? Are a very they one parallel, step away? A very parallel population. Yeah. In fact, people who were homeless. <laughs> were placed there first, you know, mm-hmm. places that are affordable. And so people who are, you know, one step away from being homeless often. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so a lot of elderly who'd been there a long time on fixed incomes that we were seeing and so, yeah. or handicapped. Uh, you know, we're, are, are we, are, and this is going to be a deep, maybe not so deep, but philosophical. I don't know how you want to take it, but yeah. I, I'm wondering, you know, in the 1960s, the decision was made to let everybody out of the institutions. And now today we're seeing the results of that. It's over over many many years. Yeah, are they better? Are these people better off where they are today, or were they better off back then? 
I feel like the Morrow Center um, has shined a light on many holes in our system. Yeah. And that's one huge one. Um, so, for example, we'll have people that um, are in the midst of a mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. And our only, um, our only response would be we call the, um, you know, the paramedics. Yeah. And then they will assess them. But there's such a narrow um, definition of what they can hospitalize mm-hmm. them for. And now the hospitals are not in the business of long-term mental health care. Right. And so they right. usually kick them right back out onto the street. And so we had one uh, person who was just, you know, really struggling with, you know, paranoid delusional uh, crisis. Yeah. And we kept sending her to the uh, ER and they kept getting kicked back. And she was more than we could handle, but no one was really wanting to say, hey, we need to hospitalize this person, yeah. get them yeah. back on their meds. Because if you're homeless, you're not getting your meds. And right. imagine if right. You're, have a, um, a you know a very serious mental illness and you don't have your meds for six months, mm-hmm. and so we're trying. There's a spiral effect, and we're dealing with all of those people right now, and um, trying to pull all the other providers in to help us engage them. How do you handle the? Uh, because I know that there are some places in in, in town that if you are uh, seen to be on drugs or alcohol, you're not allowed into. The homeless center. Yes. How do you handle that? Well, see, that's why we exist because there were so many people that were kicked out of all the other shelters. Yeah. And so, what the the continuum of care that oversees the the entire system um, approached us because they saw that there needs to be a complement to the other great shelters where people can be there, especially in Code Blue. So, say yeah, someone yeah. is has mental illness, doesn't really have the consent to be able to say, "I need to be clean right now," mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean they should freeze out in the cold. Right. And right. we're also saying that right now during you know a humanitarian crisis as well mm-hmm. is we can't just let people who are not able in many ways to make yeah. the right decisions so you you take those people we in. do okay. we do now we don't let people use in the facility um but if they are if they are you know um visibly high or uh, intoxicated and are not a danger to themselves or others yeah. Yeah. we allow them to stay is it just me or do i see more people walking on the street that that look like they are just under the influence of something, walking it, like zombies, practically. It is not you. And um, is it in, are we in an increase? Well, what, here's one of the problems is um, a lot of the local stores sell this thing called K2, which is um, synthetic marijuana. I thought that got outlawed. Yeah, I thought that was not allowed. Oh, uh, they're still selling it every day. Um, and they change That's the zombie stuff. They yeah, change the them. name. It comes in a little package that has like a, a cotton ball on it, and it says like, uh, you know, um, uh, spice or something. So the manufacturers have found a way around. Yeah. And UPD raided those stores that are near us, and um, they confiscated it, but because of you know, bail reform and the mm-hmm. backlog in um, narcotics investigations, they just are selling it the next day. Wow. And people can get it for $10. And so you have that easy high that's really dangerous because you don't know what's in it. It's not regulated. Mm-hmm. And so it does make many people like zombies. And so we're trying to address that as well um, by uh, connecting people with, um, you know, peer advocates and peer counselors and getting them into like Helio um, or a CFLR or some of the, the rescue mission. 